Hey there, leader. Today, today is September 25th, and today on Leadership Lost and Found, we're going to be talking about delegation. You do it. No, you do it. No, you do it. On this day in history, the Little Rock Nine began their first full day of classes under escort from the U.S. Air Force's 101st Air... I'm sorry, uh, U.S. What Army... the heck? <laughs> we're leaving that in there. <laughs> the U.S. Army's 101st oh, Airborne Division... Nine black students under an all-white central high school in Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, three weeks earlier, the governor of uh, Arkansas had surrounded the, scoop, the school and National Guard troops to prevent its federal court-ordered racial integration. After a tense standoff, President Dwight D. Eisenhower federalized the National Guard and sent a 1,000 Army paratroopers to Little Rock to enforce that court order. Uh, an interesting point in our history, uh, given what's happened here in the United States the past couple of years, a, a good reminder of how far we have come. Uh-huh. And uh, with that situation in particular, Ike ordered the governor, the governor ordered the National Guard, the National Guard, or it's not that, the... Um, uh, the Airborne? The Airborne, excuse yeah. me. It wasn't the National Guard. No, he federalized the National Guard, made them stand down, sent in the U.S. Army. Oh, Okay. Uh, airborne. There we go. The first to take over. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, let's let's get this going, Randy. Frame it up for us. Okay, we're going to talk about delegation. Which delegating in leadership? There's really uh, three different types of of leadership style. There's participative. There's authoritative, and there's delegative. And delegative is one of those things where you are delegating power as opposed to uh, directly applying power you are delegating power to those beneath you, uh, empowering them, giving them the uh, wherewithal and the authority to go carry out the thing that must be done. Well, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in there because it's interesting. People use delegation to cover all sorts of sins. And I think it's important to note that you can, and I think the word delegation is the highest form of providing someone work to do, right? Mm-hmm. You're delegating your authority. You're delegating your responsibility, ownership. The only thing you're doing is if you're there to, be, to act as a resource for them if they can't do it themselves, right? Mm-hmm. There is a scale or whatever you want to call it. You know, you, you start out, if you're the, the most junior most person, you have a supervisor who's pretty much watching everything you do, and they're directing you, pointing right at you, go do this, mm-hmm. right? Yet eventually forms into into coaching where they're sort of, hey, maybe you should turn left, not right. Maybe you should talk a little faster, a little slower. Eventually just into guidance. Hey, make sure we stay within these parameters. And then last, you you transform or move into that delegation, which is, Randy, I need you to own X, Y, and Z. X, y, and Z. You, need, you need to get us you know a 50% bump in our revenue this year. Mm-hmm. That I'm delegating that responsibility to you. Go do it. And that delegation, you know, we, we often think of things in terms of the racy matrix, right? Uh, responsible, accountable, consulted, informed, all that stuff. But, you know, it's the person that's in power is the one that can delegate that power to someone else. And then in turn, building them up, enabling them, equipping them to take that next step up in leadership. You know, Ike delegated down through the, the state organization, et cetera. But, you know, Ike, also a great example in D-Day, you know, he had, he had written two letters on D-Day. One was if everything was successful. Mm. The other one, which exists, it's actually in this book behind me, um, How Ike Led. Um, that book, it, he actually wrote 
the letter if it failed. And he says the responsibility is mine and mine alone. Yeah. You know? So even though he delegated down through, you know, the sub commanders, et cetera, all the way down to the platoon leaders, et cetera, all the way through that, um, he ultimately still said it was his, uh, his responsibility. Delegation does not mean you delegate ownership. Yeah. It does not mean you delegate the consequences if things don't go well, right? Delegation, and this is part of being a leader, is that you're accountable, um, but you've given somebody uh, a piece of the authority. I worked for a, a gentleman um, for a bit, and I remember he said to me at one point, you are acting as me. You, you speak with my voice, you speak with the authority of my office, um, those sorts of words. And I remember, you know, I was a little bit earlier in my career, I remember that sort of imbuing me with a sense of responsibility. Mm -hmm. I speak for him. So, and, you know, WWJD, what would Jim do, right? Yeah. Um, or that other guy. Yeah. I, I remember thinking it, it affected my cognitive process and how I attended to my work, right? And I think as a leader... If you are delegating responsibility for a function or for a goal to your subordinates, I think it's important that you say that. You own this now. This is mm -hmm. you. I'm, I'm putting my trust in you, and, and off you go. Well, when you do that, you know, you're, you're not – I delegate a lot. And, and, you know, I've done a lot of leadership analysis, that sort of thing, taking a lot of tests on myself. And I know I'm a heavy delegator. My wife would say that. My kids would say that. <laughs> You know, I think it's something that rhymes with hazy. <laughs> yeah. The key thing, though, when you delegate something to someone, you yourself, if you've delegated that important task to someone, you have to remain accessible as a leader. Yes. Like you need to still, you're not helicopter parenting them. Yeah, you're not st look, staying and looking over their shoulders, but you're going to check in on them. And, and you're just going to be like, hey, how'd it go today? You know, or yeah. how'd that thing go today? And essentially, it's kind of like taking the training wheels off when you learn how to ride a bike, right? You take them off, you're wobbly. And you're like, okay, I'll meet you at the end of the driveway, right? Yeah. And you let them wobble down the driveway, you know, trying to do the <laughs> thing. And you mean go, hey, well, that could have gone better. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you don't let them see the can of back teen in the back pocket, yeah. right? Yeah. But you're turning over control, but you're not leaving that person out to dry. And, and you do that in stages, right? You, you recognize somebody that has leadership potential. And then you, in turn, begin empowering them with tasks that they can handle. And little by little, you actually check in less and less often yeah. because they've got that. They can do that thing. You know, there's a there's a continuum. There's a model. Situational leadership is one of those leadership models that's been around for a while. And it uses a four-quadrant thing, model, with uh, competence and confidence. Mm -hmm. Right? So... Does your employee, are they low competence and low confidence? Well, then you have to hover over them, mm -hmm. right? Like Build them up. And then, you know, if you, and it's the, the other end of the spectrum. If they're high confidence and high competence, well, then that's a delegation candidate. Go get it. You own it. Let me know what you need, right? Mm -hmm. It's those two in the middle, those high, low, and low, high, uh, that are really interesting. Now, the, the dangerous one is the guy who's super confident and not really competent. Yeah. That one can get you into a lot of trouble. Yeah, he'll 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 run you off a cliff in a heartbeat, right? Yeah. And it, and I think it's you know it's incumbent upon us as leaders to make that judgment in your head. So many people will think that they're they're gut based leaders, and that and that may be true. But when you're making a decision to empower somebody or delegate to them or coach them or guide them, whatever level you want to do, you really have to sort of figure out. And this is what that situational leadership model was made to do was sort of figure out 
how to measure that. And, and it's such a subjective thing. Mm -hmm. I like that competence and confidence, right? Well, the guy is certainly confident. He talks about how much he loves doing this, how much he wants to get it done. Mm -hmm. And you think, eh, last time I had him do something, it didn't work out too well. So yeah. maybe I got to watch him a little bit closer, more check-ins, right? A little bit of guidance. Well, and you look for people that are task-oriented, that do tasks to a high standards. When you look and you see someone that, hey, they're regularly turning in this report or they're regularly doing the shift handoff or they're consistently delivering, you know, this level of architecture diagrams, you know, to the client, whatever. When you see somebody that's consistent in their delivery, that's somebody that you tag and you go, hey, let me have you do something else. Yeah. Right. Because they might not too. They might not be the verbal outspoken people. I mean, I know a lot of people that became very good leaders, but they weren't outspoken people. Like they General were. Kenobi. Real people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, no, mean, you mean no, like Colonel Hogan? Yeah, real people like <laughs> like Captain Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, effective leaders, Jim. Effective leaders. Yeah. How do you now let's turn the, the discussion outside a little bit. How do you as a leader know um, are we, let me change that. How do you as a leader, what are the pitfalls of you as a leader around delegation, right? How do you know if you're doing too much of it or not enough of it? Mm. How do you assuage the fear in your mind? Because I, I, I talk a lot about the impact to influence continuum, right? Mm -hmm. the, I call it the speedometer, right? As you get closer and closer to influence, you're actually doing less and less, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a essentialness to that. As you're able to wield influence, that if you are an essential person mm -hmm. in that organization, I think people often will confuse it with being involved, yeah. which I think is different. But how do you how do we weigh that for a, a leader who's coming into their influence? Well, uh, you weigh what is it you're doing right now. As an example, I I know I need to delegate more when I'm like, you know, I'm consistently working 55, 60 hours a week. What in my daily or weekly assignments, what's in there that someone else can do? Like the TPS report cover sheet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or or what is the th one thing that I know I'm the only one that can do? Seriously, it, not self aggrand, you know, self, yeah. you know, p puffing yourself up too much. But what's the one thing I know uh, only I can do that this week? What are the other things that I can then delegate or have someone else do? And, and not, have to, not have to worry about it, right? right? So yes, how do you know? Well, one, yourself. You know, if, if, if you're only working 30, 20, 30 hours a week as a leader, right? You're probably not, you're probably in the wrong job well, or you're skating, right? You're not, yeah. you're not doing what you need to do. But then you say, okay, what in my sphere of influence can I delegate to my subordinates and not have them feel put upon or have it be over their head? Maybe a stretch activity for them. Yeah. but not something that's going to kill them. But so that's if, the first step is look at your own stuff and say, what's yeah. something here that I can give to someone else? Is there a danger for a leader to hold on to too much? Yes. And absolutely. so your, your call there is to say, do an assessment, look at mm -hmm. yourself, examine your list. What is taking up your time? Yep. And you know, those who haven't read the Sabbath, seven habits of highly effective people. Covey. He, yeah. Covey. Good stuff. Yeah. He's got that, you know, important versus urgent. Right. Mm -hmm. Ringing telephone is not important. It's just urgent. And so understand what those important, urgent things. And that's just a personal productivity thing. 
But how do you decide that I can be uninvolved in something and delegate it away? Right? Let's say, for instance, you're every week, you're the person who goes and delivers the numbers to the CEO, right? And you know that you're too busy to do this, but you get to sit in front of the CEO to do it. Yeah. How do you, what are the mental gymnastics you need to do around that? Well, one is, is your personal brand in a position as such that you could skip that meeting and your CEO would not think poorly of you, that you could send one of your delegates in there? Or is it enough that you can take someone with you and expose a more junior leader to the mentality at that table? I had somebody do that. I had a CSO take me into the COO's office uh, upstairs on a regular basis to have me exposed directly to that person to report directly to them because there was a perception not about him, but about me. Right. And he was trying to overcome the negative that was being said to that CEO about me so they could see me in a, in a good light. So <clears throat> you can have opportunities where you can prop up one of your own or where you have the opportunity to expose someone to something new that's going to stretch them, grow them into the next leader they need to be. You know, as a, as a CISO, you know, somebody, if so, no one's ever experienced a breach before, can they really be a good CISO? Right. If they've never been through a breach before. Yeah. Like you got to know what to do when you get there. Best to have a breach as a deputy CISO or below than an actual right. CISO. Watch it happen. Yeah. Otherwise you will be the former CISO, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and the new one. And you could take that to your next CISO job because now you've been through a breach. How do you know if you've delegated too much and I don't mean onto a single person, but you find yourself over delegating. Is that a thing? I think you can, you can over delegate to the point where, um, one of two things you're either disengaging, right. And you're not as engaged as you should be because one of the things you, there are some, some things that literally only you can do and only you should do. Well, it's that creating that essentialness of yourself. Yeah. Not necessarily involvement. Right. But what is the essential oils that you bring to this fragrance? Sometimes it's your presence, just being there. Like I had an opportunity here on on Friday um, where four engineers were coming together. And I don't know that they necessarily would have come together like they would have had I not been there. Right. That they wouldn't have seen the pop of my Randy's online. Right. That, That I'm there. That in and of itself creates a gravity a pool, an influence that just, mm-hmm. just you being there. Sometimes just you being there and letting your team solve it around you is a good thing. Other times it can be a bad thing. Like if you're getting in the way and they need to work it out together. Yeah. But the thing is, is how critical is that task? Is it mission essential? If it is, get your butt on the call. What, what right? about an instance where, you know, and I, I, I've worked in, a, in organizations that when something goes bad, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Right. And until you know it's bad, you got to treat it like it's bad. Yeah. Right. So everything is a car wreck with injuries yeah. until you get in and you look inside the car. You right? go, okay, this this isn't as bad as yeah. I thought. I'm going to try to what give did, this to someone. What did Dr. Beeper say during Caddyshack? Well, maybe it's just a routine emergency. Yeah. <laughs> and he puts his beeper away. I love that. Um, but, you know, there's that delegation, which is, uh, especially in those crisis situations where you say, it's okay to delegate the triage to someone else. Go in there, triage, let me know 
Yeah. Right. And then I'll come in if I'm essential to the process. I think that some people will inadvertently believe that those first few hours while they're doing the triage, they have to be involved as opposed to being essential. Yeah. That makes sense. It does. Because you want that person to say, holy crap, this is a four alarm fire or sounded like a fire. It's really not. Hey, Jim, don't bother. It's this, this and this. Don't. We got it. And then you can say, hey, to one of your lieutenants, hey, why don't you check in on so-and-so with this? You don't even have to go. Like, like you can delegate that down because your team can operate on it. It's a it's a lower-level task, if you will. It's a repetitive task. They should be able to handle it, et cetera. And if they can't do that, then there's an anomaly. Somebody yeah. somewhere is you know, not as good as they should be, or well, there was a miscall. Right? Yeah, there, and there's a relatively good example. Um, say a fire chief... You know, it doesn't have to roll to every fire. He's got lieutenants and captains that go and take command and things like that. Mm-hmm. But if somebody wants to take off for a month to go do the fireman's challenge and that causes 120 hours of overtime, hey, wait a second, mm-hmm. and significant unrest and unhappiness that people are forced to do overtime, blah, blah, blah. That's an essential thing. Fighting at fire, that's what the captain's trained to do, commanding at fire. I mean, the chief can go. Right. Other things have to happen if he has to be the face or something like that. We don't need to be at every fire. Right. Well, and that's the thing. Knowing, is this something that needs your direct involvement or not? If you don't know that, then you likely don't have a good grasp on the areas of responsibility underneath you. So how do how does a leader delegate to someone in a conversation? Like... Uh, I think a lot of managers go, Randy, I I need you to take care of stacking the books. And then they walk away. Mm. Right. And I I think there is a confluence of, and those of you who know me, you know, I love that word. There is a confluence of, I know it's weird, right? Mm. There used to be a restaurant in Columbus, Ohio, when I was in college. Called Confluence? Confluence, because it was at the confluence point of two rivers. Oh. It was right there. I know. And I thought, ooh, fancy word. Make Jim seem smart. (laughs) Um, but I think there's a confluence between that. Me del- go back to Tower and eat hot dog. Yeah, <laughs> Ohio State at the Ohio the State. Ohio State. Um, I think there's a confluence. Now I'm not going to be able to use this word anymore. You've ruined confluence for me, Randy. There are people in my group right now cheering for you. Um, I think there is a confluence or an overlap between delegation and goal setting. Right. So when I come to and goal setting, not the goals and objectives, but how do I delegate and then communicate effectively the end result I want to ensure that that delegation works? I think that's a key skill in delegation. Well, I, I know recently I had this happen with, with one of my leaders. He, he was the architectural leader on with a particular client. And we had gone through an architectural exercise with another client that was, that was larger. And he did a great job. And then another client came up lesser degree uh, client, a smaller client. And I said, hey, um, hey, I got a conflict. Like there was a legit conflict that came up. And I said, I really can't be there. Will you be okay to take this on your own? Like dun, I asked. Dun, dun. Right, yeah, Did I you asked, bring a tape recorder no. push play? So it, of course, tape well, recorder, for those of you who don't know, we used to have actual right. physical yeah. things. Or you could have just done it on your phone. Yeah, Sorry. that's true. I'm a dinosaur. Uh, anyway, um, are you okay taking this on your own? Like asking the question, you got this? And they go, oh yeah, I got it. No problem. Do what you need to do, you know? 
And then I check in later. Hey, how'd it go? Went great. Here's what they said. Tape recorder's so, busted. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I stay by my phone. I stay by my teams just in case they need me. I say, yeah, ping me. I'll hop on if you need me. Um, went fine. You know, and now here's the thing. I know that person can run those calls by themselves. And in fact, what I'm going to do is there's another engineer that's that's doing their first one. I'm going to have that person shadow them and say, hey, won't you sit in? Yeah. You know, sit in the first one. I'll sit in on the final one. And so now I've put him in the position not only to set a standard, apply the standard, and then apply the standard to someone else. What are you smirking at? Uh, nothing. Wait, moving on. Okay. There's hair on your microphone. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's from the, it's from my kitty cat. It's from Rosie. <laughs> she rubs up against the microphone. All right. There we go. Um, yeah, it, you know, there are times in... in Gosh, bless America. Kevin Wilson's in my head again. Start with the end of mind. Mm -hmm. If you're going to delegate something to someone, tell them what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. What is it that you expect the end result to be? Because if you don't, you're all going to be disappointed. No amount of competence or confidence right. or whatever is going to help you, right? In, in your case, when the uh, example that you gave, it was we have to present. We have to give this information successfully so they onboard it and things go mm -hmm. well pretty well known if you if you delegate i want you to handle identity management good luck right yeah. and you bail out like uh, excuse me what no when you're when you're training up a new leader when you're trying to get somebody to go to the next level it's that old that old uh progressive statement it says i do i do you watch you do i watch you do you see, that, that progression then allows them to gain confidence. It does. And then they're there, and you're there as a safety net, and then the safety net's gone, and they got it. And then they can then do that with somebody else. So how do you convince – so let's say you're an executive leader, and you've got a leader that needs to delegate, mm -hmm. but they're used to protecting their work. Mm. How do you pry that work out of their hands? Because, if you, I mean, you can, you can order them, direct them, right? Lose it, give it to give it to you know Mary. She's going to take care of it for you. You you give them more work. Yeah, you give them more work because then they're going to have to make a choice. They're going to have to make a choice. Yeah, or they'll, like or they'll begin to fail. True, but then that's an opportunity that you can step in. And, now, hopefully not, right? If they begin to, hopefully they they learn. Okay, I got to give it up. There might be one or two things that start turning green and you know start turning red. You yeah. know, start start going down south. You can step in and say, hey, let me help you. What do you got on your plate? I, I had to do this with one of my very senior people. I said, uh, this person said, I don't have enough time. I'm buried. And, and I said, listen, I said, you need bandwidth. You can't go to the next level until you have some bandwidth because our C level. how to manage your bandwidth. Our C level was coming to this person and asking them to do things. And it was like, Randy, I don't have the time. And I said, I told you to Say no to new work. The new work goes to the rest of the team. So you get bandwidth to be freed up to go do that because this is your opportunity. And if you don't free up your time to take advantage of this opportunity, you're going to miss it. Yeah, or you're going to flub it because you're so stressed out. Well, that and that's it's a little the new stuff is scary. This I know. So yeah. I'm, I'm wrapping it up and I want to hang on to it, right? Well, and we all like to feel important yes. we all like to think the world would crash and die without us this is true the reality is if you if you can't go on vacation because you're so important 
you failed as a leader. You have. And if you think, well, if I leave here, this, this department's going to fall apart, you have failed as a leader. If you've said that, if you feel that, leader, you yeah. failed. You need to be able to you say. You need to reflect yeah. and be able to say. Sorry, yeah. I apologize. But no. if you think that, that you can't leave, then you need to reflect about that. You really do. And the, much of the advice that you gave to the person you described just, just earlier is absolutely valid. What are you going to do less of? Yeah. What is not important here? And if you're a leader yourself, what are you going to delegate? You know, I have a personal situation in my life right now relating to leadership. And I, I have to make a choice. And I'm, I'm, you know, in my own exercising my faith, right? I'm, I'm praying about it. I'm seeking guidance and I'm meditating on it. And it's really I, funny to watch you meditate. Uh, yeah. Anyway, is, oh. he, is he sleeping? No. But I, I have to give something up. At the, yeah. at the beginning of this, at the beginning of this next year, I have to give something up. Something has to give. So either the situation is going to change between now and then, or I kind of have in mind what it is I need to do to, to right the situation. And it's not what I want to do, but it might be what's best for, for me because my, in my personal life, right, I've taken on another aspect, uh, another item in my personal life, a, a personal business, if you will. And I've got my work leadership, my church leadership, and now leadership of this new thing. And it's like, okay, all of them can't continue yeah. like this. So I have a decision coming, coming up. And that's the thing. I know I won't have the time to do all of them well. So I need to... You need to pick. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I do want to touch one last thing before we go, which is, which is you are not your work. Mm. The work product that you as a leader do, or you even as a ditch digger or whatever you're doing, a rocket scientist, you are not your work. Mm -hmm. You are your brain and your emotions and everything else you bring to work and to the tasks set ahead of you. Yep. There is nothing about a task that sets your self-worth. You should be like the, the movie, was it Heat or Casino? It was Heat when he says you should be able to walk away in five minutes. Yeah. Every task, you should be able to do that. And I'm not saying you can't get attached to something and really want to, you know, especially if you're curing cancer or building right. spaceships, you can get invested and want to do it. But giving up a task, delegating a task, is something that you should be able to do because you're going to get more opportunities. Your worth, your value is in the gray matter between your ears mm -hmm. and the emotions and the, the leadership that you bring to it. Yeah. If you can remember that, then you're actually kind of get excited about what's next. Yeah. I've learned not to take my identity from the work, from my title, nor from what someone thinks of me, whether it's my boss or a client. You know, you can deliver top-notch stuff day one, and they love you. Top-notch work day two, and somehow you flubbed it and they can't stand <laughs> you. Right? So I've learned to kind of be that bee that flight line right right there in the middle you know and and hey you know you can punch me in the gut or or you can uh, pat me on the back but i'm not going to stay here long enough to revel in it because i know i'm not defined by that i'm not defined by it. and that's a, a good part of leadership and probably a good place for us to wrap this up randy we've been going on a bit yeah you actually could have eaten a sandwich in these 27 minutes and had a coke and maybe even be going to the bathroom which i hope if you are you wash your phone 
Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> and with that, if you break your phone, I got a place for you. That's right. Yes, we know the right place. Please, please, uh, as shareholders in such a, <laughs> we do own shares in that. Anyway, people, thank you for joining in, uh, and I hope you feel delegated upon to go delegate. I'm Randy Fields. I'm Jim Desmond. And you guys keep, keep leading. leading.